Yo, what's good, Excel? Listen, listen. Somebody say next week. Next week. Can you believe it? Next week is Spring Breakaway 2022. So if you weren't here earlier for the announcements, I just want to reiterate, okay? There will not be a service here next Thursday. We will meet here, uh, I should say, at the front of the church at 6050, right at the front doors. We will meet there at 430 so that we can leave as soon as we have everybody here. We'll go down to the campground. We will have dinner there. So if you're like, I'm going to go home and eat first, we're going to feed you when we get there, okay? So chill out. Don't make us late because you needed to eat your you know, fettuccine Alfredo or whatever. Like, get here so that we can get there. And so we're going to be here. Doors open at 430. We're going to leave as soon as everybody gets here. But if it's like 630, I'm leaving you. Like, I already got your money. So let's make sure we go there. And, uh, and listen, there is still time to come. So if you have not registered and you want to go, there is still time to go. People are actually still giving donations. Just yesterday, somebody sent me $500 for donations. I think we have gotten in about four grand worth of donations of people just saying, we want these students to go. So anyone who wants to go can go. And some of y'all look at me, yo, man, can I get like a refund? No. Because... <laughs> Trust me, we, we do not charge you enough to cover everything. We charge you enough to us not go bankrupt as a church. And so uh, we are grateful for that. But listen, in all seriousness, there are people that are giving up hard-earned money to invest in what they believe God is going to do in you and through you this weekend and beyond. Let's honor that. Let's be there. Let's come prepared. Let's make sure our hearts are ready. And so that's going to be next week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll come back Saturday night on the website or on our Instagram page and on the registration page. You can see all the information you need as far as what you need to bring and stuff like that. Haley, do we still have people that haven't finished fully registering all their stuff? Okay, there you go. Come up here. Yeah. Hey, Haley, come up. No, no, no. Where are you going, Haley? Haley. Hey, come on stage. Here you go. You're live on Facebook. Why don't you say what's going to say? No, that's, that's what I said. You heard me. <laughs> like I said, I emailed those of you that didn't finish filling everything out. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I finished filling, uh, I emailed everyone who didn't finish filling everything out. So like I said, if I do not have your parents' signature and if I do not have emergency contact and medical information, you cannot get on the bus. Yeah. So check your emails. Please finish filling that out. Thank you so much. Awesome. Can I get this? Okay. I'll just have them all stand up. All right. Um, so you heard Haley, don't make Haley mad. We can't kidnap you, like legally we can't take you if we don't have those forms. So make sure you're here. Also, there is something different about this breakaway than any other breakaway we've had. Instead of splitting you up among small groups, we decided to make it two giant teams and everyone will be split all across small groups into two giant teams. As a matter of fact, I got right here the list of teams Now, here's the deal. Every team will have a color. On the first day for the game day, you got to come repping your color. 
And on the second day, you got to come repping your decade. So one team will have one decade. The other team will have another decade. So let me walk you through that real quick. Okay, here's what I need you to do. I want you to stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. So first team is on this side. Second team is on this side. When I read out your name for team one, I want everybody on team one to come on this side, all right? So, team one, if you're not here, don't worry about it. If you're here, move over. We got Julian Cortez, Pablo Rosales, Quentin Manila, Anaya, uh, Anaya JC, Imed, Meleni, Joey Cortez, Mateo, Jocelyn, Brenda Lee, Aaron, Palecki. Matthew Gonzalez, Myron Berrios, Riley DeLeon, Bella, Daniela, Ashley, Christopher. And then leaders, we got Alioto, Judd, Sal, Jazia, Lizzie, Kiana. So if you are not called on this side, get out. <laughs> if you are not called on this side, move out. On this side, we have Aura, Jacob, Jaden, uh, Sammy, Gigi, Matthew, Gomez, Marissa, Jackie, JK, Roxana, Isaiah, Lenny DeLeon, Caleb Stanley, Joseph Pilecki, Talissa, Elizabeth, Aliyah, and Caitlin on this side. And your team leaders are Gio, Elias, AJ, Ali, Valerie, and Haley. All right. So you guys over here have a seat. You guys over there have a seat. Move to your teams. Move to your teams. All right, listen up. Over here, team number one, your team color. Drum roll, please. Y'all team blue. Team blue. And on Saturday, you will be wrecking. Wrecking, rocking. You will be representing a, a, a decade dear to my heart. The early 2000s. And on my right, you will be Team Red. And you will be repping another decade near to my heart. Uh, the 90s. So here's the last thing. Uh, tomorrow, we need everybody. We need everybody here tomorrow in small groups. Because in small groups, you guys are going to be prepping and planning everything that you're going to be doing as a team. So tomorrow, instead of meeting in your small groups, you will be meeting in your teams. You'll be prepping, planning, strategizing, getting all your stuff situated. Because we're going to have fun. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, listen. Can we get to God's word? Amen. Let's go. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. Let me talk to you about something really quick, okay? Uh, this season that we are going into, I am so excited that we're able to have Breakaway again. I'm so excited that we're able to come together as a church family. For two years, we couldn't do it. For two years, we were separated. We were going through it. And here's the reality of it. There was a lot of, of stuff that was going on in people's lives over the last two years. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, I I'm a people watcher, not like in a creepy white van on the corner kind of way, but like in a, I'm fascinated by people, right? You ever just like look at somebody and think, wow, there's like a whole life that I know nothing about. 
There's like experience and man, I don't know if that man has been to war. I don't know if that man has a family. I don't know if that man is a proficient rollerblader. I don't know. Like there's so many things that I have no clue. And that fascinates me. It fascinates me when I see people and I think to myself, who are they? What have they gone through? What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? Like there's just so much about a person that we don't really know about. And even beyond strangers, there's so much about your friends, even your best friends, that you really don't know what's going on. Because the truth is, we really only show people what we want to show people. And there's a whole lot of stuff, good and bad, that's going on and bubbling on underneath. And some people are pretty good at wearing their heart on their sleeve. And there are some people that you could tell when they're not doing well or they, they're very obviously trying to show you that they're not doing well. You know, like they just go sit in a corner and wait for somebody to pay attention to them. And you're like, oh, they want me to go talk to them. But then there are other people that are really good at making you think everything's going well all the time, all day, every day. And the reality is we all have burdens in life. We all go through things in life. We'll all have peaks and valleys. We'll all have moments where we're doing well and we'll have moments where we're doing not so well. And what I love about the God of the Bible and and, and who we serve is that he's willing to address all those seasons in your life. But I want to talk about some of those low seasons that we have. I want to talk about some of those moments where life is starting to feel really, really heavy. And the problem with when things start to get heavy is it forces you to want to just kind of give up, right? You ever been in that season where you're just like, man, I don't even want to try anymore. It might be with school. I just don't even want to try anymore with school. I don't even care anymore. You can give me all the Fs you want. I don't care. It might be in home. I don't want to try anymore. I don't want to be in this family. I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to clean my room. I just don't even care anymore. It could be with your friends where you just go MIA and you don't call them. Or you don't write them back and they, you leave everybody on red. And the reality is you don't care. You don't want to answer them. You're just giving up on that. It could be in life where you really start to wonder, like, do I even want to continue to live? And, and we struggle with this back and forth. And the reality is when life gets heavy, when the weight of your situation and the stress of everything that you're going through starts to build up, the natural inclination is you want to let it go and you want to give up. But that's not the answer God calls us to do. I would argue, instead of giving up, what if we gave it up? Right? What if we learned to give that to God? And so here we have in Matthew some really easy instructions that I think are important for you and I to understand when it comes to the weight of the world on your shoulders. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, listen to what the Bible says. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Right? Weary means you're tired, you're exhausted. Heavy burdens means you got a lot going on in your life. You got a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Here God has given some instructions for you to rest and find peace and be able to carry the things in life that God is calling you to carry. And if you're taking notes, I think this is all really about trusting. And and the first thing you might want to write down is in order to do this, you have to be willing to trust God, not just men. Trust God, not just men. Why? What is the first thing that Jesus says? Come to me. 
Come to me, not come to Pastor Joey or go to a leader or go to your mom or go to your dad or go to your friends or go to your best friend or go to your neighbor or go to your counselor or go to your teacher. All those people are great. All those people are important and we need community and we're built for community and that's wonderful to have. The problem is when you go to them before you go to God. God says, hey, come to me. I am the first recourse, not your last resort. I am the first one that you go to. And the reality is, he's not. The reality is, we'll go to our friends, which is always the first option. And I, I, I get it, but I also think it's really dumb. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going through some really difficult times. I'm going to ask the other idiot in my room. And it's like, you, you both don't know what's going on, right? Oh, I'm having relationship troubles. I'm going to ask this person. They've been in a lot of them. That's not a good sign, by the way. They're really experienced, yeah, at being dumped and breaking up, not at having a successful relationship, okay? And so what we do is when we're going through all these struggles, the natural thing is to go to the person right next to us. And then sometimes if that doesn't work out, then we might go to an adult. We might go to like a leader in the room or a pastor or your parents or a teacher or a counselor. And again, that's good, but that's just not best. And sometimes the greatest enemy to best is good. We settle for what's good. We settle for what's around us. And what Jesus is saying, listen, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, come to me. Come to me. This has to be our first resort, guys. To go to Jesus. To go to him in prayer. To go to him in worship. To go to him in general, right? And come to me doesn't mean come to 6058 West Belmont Avenue. It doesn't mean necessarily to come to this altar, although that may be a process in it. It means to literally come to the personhood of Christ, who Jesus is. I love to help you, but I'm not God. I've, I've had a number of times, even with some of your leaders, well, they'll come to me with all this situation, and my first response is, okay, what did God say? You're coming to me for revelation, and I'm only here to confirm things that God has spoken. I'm not God. How am I going to reveal your path and your life to you? Like, you're putting that pressure on me, and I can't carry that burden. And so what did God say? I haven't talked to God. Wouldn't go talk to God. There's been a couple of times where people will come to me and I'll say, hey, listen, you said about an hour for you and I to sit down and talk. How about you take that hour, go talk to God and then holler at me. And they'll go and they'll talk to God and then they'll come back an hour later and I'll be like, so how are you feeling? They're like, no, I, I get it now. You know what you need to do? Yes. Aren't I the greatest counselor ever? <laughs> Man, I should charge $75 an hour just to send people into another room and talk to Jesus. But the truth is, Guys, if you're not going to God first, if you use God like, you know, like God is in a glass case that you only break if there's an emergency, or what a lot of us do is, well, I only give to God when it's really big things. Do you understand that there's no such thing as big things to God? That is all, whatever's over your head is still under his feet. Like it is not a big deal to God. Big things, small things are all small to God. And so God is not bothered or burdened when you bring your issues to him, however small or big you might view them. Where he's bothered and burdened is when you don't bring it to him and you keep bringing it to everybody else. That would be like, uh, I'm in the gym trying to work on my shot, trying to perfect my shot, and uh, Steph Curry's just sitting there waiting to talk to me, and I go to Pelecki, yo, Pelecki, you play basketball, um, what am I doing wrong with my shot? And he starts giving me some bogus advice, and I'm like, okay, thanks, Aaron. And then I'm like, well, he don't know what's going on. I'm going to go to his big brother. Joseph, what should I do? How should I hit up this shot? Meanwhile, Steph Curry's in the corner like, hey, man, I'm more than happy to give you some advice. Shut up, Steph. I'm talking to Joseph. 
right? How many know that's dumb? I have one of the greatest shooters of all time waiting to help me, wanting to help me. And instead I'm going to my friends. And in the same way, God's, God's looking at you like, are you done with the list? Like you went through everybody and you still haven't talked to me. You still haven't brought it up to me. And you wonder why you're still struggling in that situation. Listen, Psalm 118 verse 8 says it like this. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It's not saying don't trust in people necessarily. It's just saying it's better to trust in God. So if I put my trust in God, if I'm going through a situation and I go to Jesus first, and then Jesus then brings people into my life to help me in that journey, praise God. But it's through God first. It's not through my own institutions and, you know, what I want to do. We got to get to a point where we trust God above people, where we trust God above our best friends, even above your mom and dad. Listen, God has placed your mom and dad in your life for a reason, and we love them. But they're not always going to give you godly advice. And even with the best intentions, they are not God. So go to God first, then you can go to anybody else that you want. And whatever anybody else does to reaffirm what God has spoken to you, great. But here's the problem, right? When we go to people, here's really what we do. If we can be real, can we be real for a minute? Here's what we do. Hey, man, I got this situation. What do you think? Nope, don't like that advice. Hey, I got this situation, Lenny. What do you think? Mm-mm, not good advice. Hey, Joe, I got this situation. What do you think? That's not what I wanted to hear. Hey, David, I got this. Yes, thank you, David. That's what I've been th- Yes, you affirmed what I wanted to hear the entire time. So what we really do is we talk to all these people until we hear something that sounds good to us and reaffirms our own bias and our own desires. You know what I love about God? Don't give a care about your desire. God is going to tell you what he's going to tell you, and he's going to always give you what's best for him, not even necessarily what's best for you. So I can trust in God's direction because God is not in my bias. He's only biased for him. His will above my own. And the irony is, even his will is better for me than my will. And so instead of us going to where our itchy ears want to hear and talking to people until we get what we want, hey, I'm going to go to God and I might not get what I want, but I'm going to get what I need. And what you need is so much better than what you want. You feeling me? Here's the second thing I notice: We got to trust God over man and we got to be willing to trust God's process. Got to be willing to trust God's process, right? He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burden. And then he says a couple of things in regard to the process. Number one, let me teach you. He says, come to me and let me teach you. I think it's so interesting that he uses the word let me. God is always teaching, but we're not always letting him teach us, right? My daughter has this thing right now, the two-year-old. I'll do it. That's her thing right now. No, puppy, I'll do it. I'm like, let me teach you. No, no, I'll do it. And now she's like trying to take her sweater off and she's all tied up and looking like she's a pretzel. And I'm like, baby, do you want some help? No, I do it. Right? And it's, I'm trying to say, hey, let me teach you how to take off your sweater. This morning, she said, puppy, pancakes. Okay. Then she had to help me. But my thing was, let me show you. Okay, I'm going to measure it here. You put the measuring in the bowl. Good job. Now I'm going to give you this water. You put the water in the bowl. I am teaching her how to do it. And the more she lets me, the more I allow her. But when she fights me and she's trying to fight the the pancake mix out of my hand and it goes all over the place, guess what? She ain't helping me no more. (laughs) 
So here's what God is saying. He's saying, hey, listen, I want to guide you. When you come to me, you better be letting me teach you. Allow me, give me permission, relent to me, stop fighting me, and let me teach you how to do this, right? Luke chapter 6, verse 46, listen to this story. It's verse 46 through 49. Here's Jesus speaking. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say, right? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it was well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house on right, right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Let me teach you. You ever gave somebody really good advice, they didn't follow it, it all blew up in their face, and you're sitting there like, and you love them, so you don't want to totally say, I told you, but in your mind, you're like, dude, I told you. I knew exactly how this was going to come out. You're the only one who's acting, I don't know why that happened. I know exactly why that happened. I told you. Every detail I told you. And they don't listen. And how do you feel? Frustrated. Upset. Why? Because you wanted what was best for them, because you were seeing things that they weren't seeing. And they still wouldn't listen. It's the same way God feels when he's speaking to you either through your word or through the message on Thursday night or through a spiritual leader or whatever. When God speaks to you and you refuse that counsel and you decide, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Then it blows up in your face and you're like, God, I don't know. Where are you, God? What are you doing, God? And God's like, blaming me for it. You you chose that. You wanted that. Now you're mad because it blew up in your face. That's on you. If you would have let me teach you, you might have avoided a lot of issues. You might have figured things out a little bit sooner. But because you ran ahead of me or because you denied me or because you're too stubborn to let me teach you, now you struggle with the things that you're struggling with. That's why your burden is heavy because you don't let me teach you how to make it light. And then he takes it a step further. He says, let me teach you, take my yoke upon you. Now, What a yoke was, especially in olden days before they had heavy machinery and farms, a yoke was a wooden contraption where they would strap two animals together in order to get the power of two animals to move a plow and be able to plow a field. Now, what would happen when they were breaking in a new ox or a new bull, they would usually tie it or yoke it to an older, stronger, more experienced bull. And the older, stronger, more experienced bull would pull that ox where it needs to go. Because it's stronger, because it's more experienced, and because they're tied together, it would pull it where it wanted to go. And it would teach it and strengthen it and get that young bull up to where it needed to go. Now, when you look at a yoke, part of us wants to resist that. Because it means we're tied up. It means we're restricted to a certain extent. So when, we, when Jesus says, hey, take my yoke, there's a part of us that goes, no, I don't want to take your yoke. But the truth is, if you don't take the yoke, then you keep doing things your own way and you keep stumbling, you keep hurting. And what he's saying is, hey, listen, I am stronger, more experienced, better than you. Take my yoke and I will guide you. Because the yoke is easy when you go with the stronger ox. When you fight against the stronger ox, that's how you got a bull getting dragged through the field. And some of us, it's because of our resistance to God that we end up getting dragged through life. 
And God is saying, if you let me teach you and you take my yoke without resisting it, you'll see how much easier things get. I always think about it in regards to like a roller coaster. If you fight the roller coaster, if you grab that bar and try to break it, if you grit your teeth and tighten your stomach and close your eyes, you know, you're taking a poop on the roller coaster, then a roller coaster is a nightmare. It is the worst experience. But if you just let go, if you're just like, bro, this is awesome, right? If you, and if you do it like where you kind of pick up your feet and your hands, you know, that little dip where you kind of float up for half a second, and you're like, oh, it's amazing. It's the difference between those who enjoy it and those who don't. The ones who roll with it and the ones who fight it. Listen, we got to be willing to roll with what God's trying to take us, even if it's a scary ride. Because we know we're secured in our seat. We're secured in our position with Christ. Listen, there is a willingness that needs to happen here. Resisting God's yoke is painful, but allowing God to lead you is right. Psalm chapter 143, verse 8 through 10 Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. The the psalmist understood, I'm going through some stuff right now, and I need you to hide me, to guide me, to lead me. If you're weary and you're heavy burdened, it's because you've been trying to do it on your own. So maybe now you let God teach you how to do it and you let God lead you into it. Fourth thing is this, or third thing is this. We trust in uh, God, not men. We trust in the process and we trust God's nature, the nature of who God is. Come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest Let me teach you, let my yoke come upon you, for I am humble and gentle at heart. God is gentle. He's not going to drag you through the mud unless you resist. God is a gentle God. We see that in the story of Elijah. Elijah is a prophet who does these unbelievable things for God, and and he ends up, you know, destroying all the enemies of God. I mean, he's a hardcore dude, but he's on the run. Because all of a sudden he upset the queen and she wants to kill him. And all of a sudden he goes into a deep state of depression and he becomes suicidal. And God doesn't scream at him. God doesn't say, hey, buck up, man up, let's go. What are you doing? Look what you just did. Like it was great. Why are you crying? The Bible tells us that God laid him down and let him rest. And that God brought food to him. And he gave him time to recover And then God told him to get up and go to the mountain where his presence was going to come before him. And I want you to listen to how his presence comes out. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12, he says, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And that was God's voice. I love that God shows this because God is saying, hey, listen, I'm not always coming at you with fire, brimstone, with wind and hurricanes. Sometimes I'm just going to be gentle with you. Why? Because God knows how to be with you and whatever the occasion needs. Now, are there times where God needs to like, you know, 
hit us on the backside and say, get up and go? Probably. But when, they, when you're at that point where you need just gentleness and love, God is able and willing to do that. That's why he's saying, hey, listen, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? Come to me because I'm gentle, because I'm loving, because I'll guide you, because I care about you. Fourth thing is this. Trust what God gives you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. And then he goes, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, then we can say that either that isn't his yoke and his burden or you're not letting him bear it with you. Here's the thing, right? When God says, come to me and I will give you rest, he's not saying I will take away the burden that you're feeling. He's not saying I will take away the situation that you're going through because that's the reason we often come to God or the prayer that we bring to God. We come to God and we say, God, take this away. We say, God, remove this situation. God, make this better. Bring this together. I don't want to feel this way anymore, so take it away from me. And there are times where God says, I'm not going to do that. Right? Look at the Apostle Paul. The Bible says that Paul, three times, he begged the Lord to remove a demon that was sent to torment. Now, we don't know if it was an actual demon. We don't know if it was trauma that he had experienced. We don't know exactly what that thorn in his side, as he said, was. But here's what we know. Three times, Paul begged to have it removed. And each time, God said no. And his response was, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. Meaning, the weaker we are before God, the more powerful he can be. Or we, he uh, allows himself to be in that situation. Why? Because he gets the glory and the credit, not you. And so what does Paul say? I will boast about my meekness so that God will be glorified. See, when you allow this to happen, when you allow God to, to give you that burden and to give you his yoke, what he's putting on you, he will help you carry what you put on yourself is what you try to carry that's not for God and not with God. There's a certain burden that God gives you and that he'll help you with. He's not going to remove every obstacle in life. It's just not, it's not the reality of the life that we live. But what he's saying is if you limit yourself to the burden and to the yoke that I put on you, you'll be able to carry it. But if you keep taking on burdens and yokes that aren't from me, you're going to keep struggling. What does that mean? Listen, sometimes we take on situations from our parents, from our friends, from people in our life. We carry that weight of their situation when nobody asked you to. Hey, but I love them. You can love them without carrying the weight of their issue. You can love them without falling into the same situation that they're falling into. And when you feel like you are, give that portion to God. Okay, like whatever your parents are going through, that's your parents' situation. You give it to God if it's starting to fall on you. That is not for you to carry. You are a son and a daughter. You are called to be yourself. Your mom and dad's issues or your mom's issue or your dad's issue is their issue with God and each other. It's not their issue with you. And so what happens is we start to take that issue on because we feel the pressure of it. We feel the responsibility of it. And no one gave you that specifically God. And so what God is saying, hey, don't take on stress, anxiety, uh, situations, responsibilities, burdens that I never gave you. Because you weren't built for that. Listen, there's, there's a payload on every vehicle. 
meaning a certain amount of weight that they can carry. And when they start to go over that weight, you do damage to the car and you can even break the vehicle. Even though it looks strong, there's weight limits. Elevators have weight limits. I ain't gonna lie, there's a couple of times where we're at Momenta, I, I would get nervous in the elevator. I'm like, yo, I got like at least a fourth of the weight limit, just me. I don't know who else is getting on this elevator. But what God is saying is this, what I give you is manageable. But then you start throwing stuff on top of you that's not. Listen, Isaiah chapter 43, verse one through two. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not even consume you. What is he saying? He's saying, as long as you're with me, you'll be fine. As long as you're with me, doesn't matter how deep the river is, doesn't matter how hard the fire rages, doesn't matter how steep the fall is, as long as you're with me, I'll take you through it. I'll guide you in it. The problem is when we pull away from God. The problem is when we decide, I don't need God, I need to do this and I need to do this. And listen, I get it. I don't even think all this comes from a sinful place oftentimes. I think most of the time when we carry these extra burdens, especially depending on your personality, it comes from a place of love, right? Well, that's my best friend or that's my cousin or that's my mom or that's my dad or that's my pastor. Or, that's my leader. Like I want to do, I got to be there for them. Mm, you got to be there for you. And if God leads you to do anything extra with them, then you got to do it according to what God leads you to. But a lot of us, we try to carry the weight of the Lord. And the more you put your hand on it, the more God ends up taking his hand off of it. Because when it happens, you take the credit. Here's something I've tried to tell a lot of people that I think people have a hard time hearing. Maybe all you're asked to do for that individual is to pray for them. And the truth is, we feel like that's not enough. How is asking the king of the universe to intervene not enough? Now, if in your prayer time, God responds to you with, hey, now I want you to do this, this, and this, then be obedient to that. But if God didn't ask you to do something, again, I'm going to use my daughter because I love her to death, but I don't always need her help. But she always wants to help me now. Papi, I help you. Here's the worst part, right? Papi, I want you to make me this. I'm like, okay. And she lifts up her hands and does not put them down until I pick her up. Y'all know how hard it is to cook with one hand and a toddler in your arms? But that's like my thing now. Like I hold her here and I'm stirring. I got this flaming hot thing and I'm every two minutes, baby's hot. It's hot. Don't get close to that. Why? Because she has to be on my hip. She's not helping. She's hurting. And there are times where I'm like, no, no, I got to put you down. And she throws a fit. And the last thing you want is your child throwing a fit next to the stove. And I'm like, can you get your daughter? Like we're having this whole thing. And what happens? It's the same thing when we want to help God as if we can be God. Oh, but God, they need me. No, no, no. They need God. They might like you. They might want you, but they don't need you. They need God. And if God directs you to do something, great. God might direct you to call somebody in your small group and to encourage them and to tell them you love them. Awesome. Be obedient to God. But if you become their God, if you work outside of God's plan in order to do what you do, even with the best intentions, now you carry the responsibility of God. And that's just too heavy. 
I can't be your God. And listen, we get this sometimes with students and leaders, and I say this to the leaders all the time. Hey, listen, be careful, because if you are always answering everything, every time a student comes to you, if you're the answer to all their questions, they don't need God, because now they got you. And as much as I love your leaders, they're not Jesus. Okay, so don't expect them to be Jesus for you. You got Jesus. Jesus came for you. Jesus wants a relationship with you. So talk to Jesus. Give Jesus your situation. Hey, can, you, can I tell you something? Be very honest with Jesus. When you talk to him, talk honestly. What if I curse? You're thinking it in your heart. You think you don't know what you just said? <laughs> if you look at the Bible, there are plenty of people that were fully transparent with God, especially in the Psalms. God, are you even there? God, do you even care? Where are you? What's going on? Why do I keep going through this? Like they were honest. And eventually as they kept talking, they realized, you know what? I'm kind of an idiot. My bad for saying that a few minutes ago. It's just what I felt. But listen, what you don't speak out, you act out. So you might as well say it to God who already knows what you're thinking and who already knows what you're feeling. See, come to me means come to me fully. Not with part of you, but with all of you. Worship team, if you can give me a hand. Often the weight of what we're going through, it forces us to want to give up. It forces us to want to quit. To quit Christianity, to quit our family, to quit school, to quit life. But like I said earlier, what if instead of giving up, we learn to give it up? To give it up to God to give up the pressure, to give up the pain, to give up the burden, to give up the anxiety, to give up the depression. Meaning we take what we're going through and we give that up to God instead of giving up on God. God, you take this off my shoulders. God, you help me walk again. God, you help relieve the burden and the pain of a lost loved one. God, you help me to continue to go on this path even though I'm struggling. God, my, my, my family is hurting and they're, and they're going through it and I feel helpless, but you don't. So God, you go where I can't go. You intervene in the situations I can't intervene. God, even in myself, I've been trying. I've been moving in all these areas. I've been trying to do, I read my Bible, I pray. I keep showing up to excel, but I keep feeling this way. God, would you take this off my shoulders? And again, he may not take all of it. He's just going to help you now carry it. Because there are some things we got to carry in life. There are some burdens that we got to move with. But that's why he says, my burden is light. You might be going through anxiety and you might be going through depression and you might think, I have to go through this my whole life. Maybe you do. I'm not saying we don't. I might have to go through asthma my whole life. In some situations, we will. But it doesn't mean you have to go through it alone. It doesn't mean it has to consume you. It doesn't mean it has to define you. Because God can help you if you go to him and you let him teach you and you let him guide you with his yoke upon you and you find out that when I do this with God, suddenly it's a lot lighter and it's a lot more manageable. So I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at. I'm going to ask you to just bow your head for a moment, close your eyes, and it's just to listen to my voice and to avoid any distractions and giggles and stuff like that. I want you to just hear me out for a minute. Are you going through it right now? Are you feeling weary 
and heavy burden? Is life feeling heavy for you? You might be super cheesy and smiley and giggly and everybody thinks everything's okay, but you know what you know. Are you at a point where it's starting to get so heavy that you're thinking about giving up? Or you're almost too tired to keep moving forward? Tonight, I want to invite you to come to Jesus. To say yes to Jesus and to begin to hand things off to Jesus. Now, again, someone say, well, how do I do that? You pray, you talk to him. You say, God, I'm not going to sit here fixated on this anymore. I want to give it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to hand it to you. And from now on, I'm going to lean on you to learn how to deal with this pain that I'm going through. To learn how to manage the burdens that you've given me and get rid of the burdens you didn't give me. Trusting God means going to God and leaning on God to lead you into all truth. So if that's you, no more hiding it, no more pretending like everything's great. Just be transparent. If you're going through it right now, if you're just in a season like that, would you meet me up here? Student leaders, whoever you are, just meet me up here. We're going to do this together. Come on. I need you to see you're not alone on this. I need you to see you're not the only one. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. If that's you, come on up. 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 Now in a moment, we're going to pray. But before we do, I want us to take a few minutes to worship God. And that doesn't seem like the, the thing to do right now. It's like, no, I just, I'm going through it. I don't want to worship. But when we worship, we release what's in here and we give it up. When we worship God, we say, even though what I'm going through is difficult, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to give it to you. And we invite the Holy Spirit to come and work in our hearts. So the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I want you to just, if you're standing up here, I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to, to begin to receive what God is speaking to you. I want you to be ministered to. Everyone else in the seat, I want you to join us. Could you join us in worship? Could you join us in singing this song? We're going to go through it a time or two. And then we're going to take some time and we're going to pray. Leaders, if you want to come around and just begin to lay hands and just begin to speak into their lives, go ahead and do that.